Well, it's great to see everybody. Glad you uh, came to our festival. It's been a really encouraging morning. I can still see you with these uh, glasses that Waymac gave me for the moment. Thank you, Waymac. Here you go, sweetie. You know, today's a very special day for our family, uh, our church family. Today is our harvest festival. I'm going to go ahead and don the Britney Spears. Sing it. I get transformed when I wear this. You know, my name is uh, Gio Garces. I, uh, I serve as an evangelist for this Shoreline family, the Shoreline Church family. Uh, I've been married 11 years to Karen Garces right there, my beautiful wife. We have two children, uh, ages 8 and 6, and they're uh, Ninja and Cleopatra. All right. She went into them out there. What are you? I am. Uh, I, I, I dressed up as a pastor minister today. Okay. I thought I'd be that today. Uh, I've been serving uh, this ministry for about ten years, twelve total as a as a minister, and it's just been a great, enjoyable time. Come on! And if you're visiting with us, this is our family. Welcome. Uh, if you have on your seat, if you see this little card, it's called a connection card. If you're visiting with us, uh, as as the service goes on. Uh, take some time to fill one of these out and drop them in the contribution basket. And if you do that and you're visiting with us, you can pick up a free gift. That's a book on the book table to encourage your soul, to encourage your faith. You, uh, you can pick one up for free uh, if you pick this card. Nice. Uh, if you're visiting with us, wow. that's implied that the family is you know, giving away. So our family is giving away books to our friends. So disciples, please don't rush to t- the book table. Oh, man. That, I, it had to be said because sometimes you know family don't, they don't get it the first time. You got to you know you got to say it again right. just to make sure you know help you out. You know, other things may change us, but we start and end with family. Yeah. You know, some families that we know growing up. At least from when I grew up, I'll share a few. I saw the Brady Bunch. I didn't know that it was called a blended family, but it's called that now. But back then, it was just called the Brady Bunch. Whenever I saw it, I say, "That's the Brady Bunch family over there." That's the only reference point I had. And then uh, I had African American neighbors, so we we'd watch the Cosby Show together. <laughs> Mr. Huxtable, you know that was kind of cool growing up. And say, "Hey, let's go watch the Cosby Show. It's kind of funny. They kind of educated me." I also grew up watching Family Ties. Yeah. <laughs> that was a funny show, wasn't it? How about Growing Pains? That was a good one. That was funny. That was great. Kids going crazy. Then I, then I got really cool when I saw the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Then when I got older, I, wanted, I, wanted to, I got cynical, so I started watching The Simpson Family. I think it really cynical. Started, you know, I started making fun of Dad. Then I also saw different strokes. That was kind of a, what you talking about, Wills? <laughs> come on, baby. Then I also, I, I, my, one of my favorites was the Jeffersons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, come on. I love, God love Jefferson, George and Wheezy. <laughs> Wheezy. It's family. And we love family. Today, it, today's bir- the day of the 23rd is New Raider's birthday. What's New Dad? He's out in the back, he missed the birthday call. Hap, say happy birthday to Newt. I decided early on that I didn't want to get married or have a family. 
And so I live with that mindset. I'm just going to live my life without a family. Um, and then when I was uh, in college, I found out about God's family. And I learned what it meant to be a real Christian. I was kind of religious. Uh, I grew up going to church. But just as Steve said, it had no impact, no change in my life, my father's life, my mother's life. And so the, 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 the family I grew up in, I did not want to duplicate. So I decided I'm just not going to have a family. And I found this amazing family. And I saw marriages and husbands and wives. And, you know, I saw them going through things, but I saw them talking through things. Because yeah. you can tell when, when spouses are, are fighting. It's very obvious. There's a lot of... There's, there's, the silence is deafening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I learned a way about a new, a, way, a new way of life. And I saw husbands honoring their wives. I saw wives, you know, honoring their husbands. And I was like, wow, that's magical. How'd you do that? Because I grew up with dysfunction, with a dysfunctional family. And if you're wondering, yes, you had dysfunctional families too. Yeah. Because dysfunction is a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> How good you think you are, you still have a dysfunction that you will, you will hand down. Yeah. So I was handed down a dysfunction. But my reaction to it was not to repeat it and get away from it. Then I saw something incredible. And it was called the family of God. And in my family growing up, how we resolved problems and issues, we shouted at each other. And whoever backed off or cried first was in the wrong. That's how we settled arguments in our house. 17 years ago, I was asked to stay at the Bible. And that was a great decision for me. I was a freshman in college, and I'm glad I did years later uh, I fell in love with Karen Garces and we got married and I changed my beliefs and what a family ought to be Amen. what it should be Come on, Gene. and even learning now as a, as a husband as a wife learning to raise a family and I'm so grateful for my dysfunction because I'm keenly aware of it so I know not to repeat it but this is where I was able to minimize most of my dysfunctions I still have them because I bring a lot into my marriage but the Word of God channels me to the right way, the right decisions, Amen. the right convictions. Amen. Not perfection, but honesty. Yeah. You know, a real family is honest. Yeah. You're honest when you bump with your, with your spouse. You're honest about it. This is where, where we're at today, how we're doing today. Come on, Gio. You know, I learned to resolve conflicts with Karen quickly. I learned how to forgive, and I learned how to see marriage in a good light. Karen's a lot different from me. I feel things right here, right now. Boom, boom. I'm feeling it right now. I'm hot. I'm hot. I know what I'm feeling right now. Karen takes a few days. And, and, and knowing that and working with that is, is, is part of learning. We're not the same. I'm glad she's different from me. Otherwise, it, you know, we feel hot, hot all the time. It would be an explosion. But I'm so grateful that I can just learn from her. Be humble with her. Apologize to her. And vice versa. You know, a married couple was celebrating their 60th anniversary. And at the party, everyone wanted to know how they managed to stay married so long in this day and age. And the husband responded, When we were first married, we came to an agreement. I would make all the major decisions and my wife would make all the minor decisions. 
And in 60 years of marriage, we have never needed to make a major decision. <laughs> we need each other. You know, some of us in this room, we grew up in families where there was favoritism. There was unspoken conflict. Comparing, your, your, your parents compared you to your other siblings. There was abuse, physical, emotional, sexual. That's the reality of families in our world. They just, they just come with dysfunctions. And so many times the solution is just to separate and divide the family. That's the solution. Let's do it quick. If you go to the valley, they have a 1-800 number. This is get, this is get done. Versus being open to looking at a new way of living. Where you can restore the damage. You know, my family, I still love them to death. And I, I, when I go back, it's, I, it's, the dysfunctions are still there. But I, I, don't, I don't try to win the argument with, the, the, with how loud my voice gets. I win it with humility and the apologies. That I was wrong. And I see it transcend. So much so that my father once cried as I was apologizing to him. He was so amazed that I, I, would not, I was fighting him back. Because that was how I handled situations. You know, in God's family, there is no favoritism. Amen. The young don't look down on the old, and the old do not look down on the young. Come on. We are the shoreline family. When God called the apostles to build His church, He told them to go into all nations. That's why you see Asians, blacks, whites, browns, all nations. Some browner than others. All nations. That is what God has called His family to be. Not an all-white church, not an all-black church, but an all-nations church. And we have different backgrounds and cultures. We have different angst that we come in. And we, when we come to church, you're like, am I going to be accepted for who I am? Absolutely. We accept everyone. And we want you to be a part of this family. Our family. And what makes a strong, healthy, spiritual family? Well, it takes this. I want you to write this down. Being dedicated to an ideal greater than ourselves. Yep. Because your family values cannot just exist on what you think, your emotions. Because they fluctuate like this. Yeah, they do. They're worse than the NASDAQ. <laughs> They're up and down, day to day. So an ideal that's greater than ourselves... That's what I wanted to live for. Something greater than me. And this is the family of God. In 1 Timothy, turn there with me. Come on, bro. If you don't have a Bible, please look on with someone else. 1 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 14. Paul is writing and he says this, Although I hope I can come to you soon, I am writing these things to you now. Then even if I'm delayed... You will know how to live in the family of God. That family is the church of the living God. The support and the foundation of truth. You know, a family that lives for an ideal greater than themselves. When a family lives to glorify God, it changes the way they live at home. 
It's a standard that's pure, that's perfect, that's righteous. We are unrighteous, impure, imperfect. And so we need a bigger ideal that's perfection to shoot for. And so we strive to have that kind of family. You know, I grew up with four brothers, or three brothers plus me, four. No girls. Sensitivity was not high on our academic list of learning how to be a family. Fending for yourself when you came home was a part of the culture. And if mom got mad at you, she didn't cook dinner for you. If you were good with mom, she had an extra plate for you in the fridge. If you were, if you were, if you were in the goods with her. You came home late, she's like, I have your dinner in the fridge. You're like, oh, mom, you're the best. And we know when you came home and she was not right, you were not right together, you come and go, where's dinner? She's like, there was nothing there. I was like, what's going on? And then there's, there's your brother's your brother going, that was pretty good. That is so funny. Family. We need them. It's broken, but we need them. We're crazy, but we need it. And knowing how to live in the family of God. And the family that God says is the church. It's us. It's where we help one another. It's where we learn how to get along with each other. It's where we have small groups. We break the church family up into small little community groups. And having some, someone in your life is the best thing you can do for your Christianity. Being part of a small group is the best thing for your Christianity. You get to know how to practice relationships, be involved with relationships, feeling cared about, caring about others. Newt, happy birthday! We love and appreciate Newt. He he serves the family all the time. But we have to face a fact. You have dysfunctions. No matter how righteous you think you are. Abram had a dysfunction. And he gave it to his son Isaac, and Isaac gave it to Jacob. (laughs) Even the most righteous families in the Bible, they had it. And they handed it down. You go, what did they get? It's the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) It's just going to give. And that's why we dedicate ourselves to an ideal that's greater than ourselves. The ideal is living in God's family. And we need a family. In which we can all change and grow. A man and his wife were sitting in the living room discussing a living will. Just so you know, I never want to live in a vegetative state, dependent on some machine and fluids from a bottle. If that ever happens, just pull the plug, the husband says. So his wife got up, unplugged the TV, and threw out all the beer. We bring a lot of stuff into the family. And sometimes we gotta unplug what we bring in and take a fresh look in how God wants us to even if you've been a Christian, sometimes you gotta unplug and say, Hey, let me let me look back in here again and let me examine it again. Because we stray. Look at me in Colossians chapter one. As Steve read earlier. This is the verses before that. In verse 13 it reads, God has freed us. God has freed us from the power of darkness. 
And He brought us into the kingdom of His dear Son. The Son paid for our sins, and in Him we have forgiveness. And in God's family, one thing we strive for is we learn how to live and forgive one another. It's a must in every family. You know, in my home, there's probably an apology every day. Someone's apologizing for something. Yeah. Whether it's Jaden and Juliana, Juliana and Jaden, or me and Jaden, or Karen and Gio. Yeah. That's standard operating procedures in our house. Because not a day goes by without someone having their feelings hurt. And we can, we can brush it under the rug and say, Oh, you shouldn't feel that way. No, you, let me tell you how you should feel. Honey, you don't need to feel that. And we can brush it under the rug. And you can do that. And many families do that. Some Christian families do that. And they brush it under the rug. You do that enough times, there's going to be a bump in the, fl- in, in the rug. And people walk in there going, go, something's under your rug. No, there's nothing there, man. This is, everything's going great. No, there's really somebody, is that like a mouse or a rat? It's a big bump. No, 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 no. It's, everything's going great. And we think it's just going to go away. And it never does. Feelings always come around. You know, if I hurt Karen on Monday, on Thursday, I'm getting having a conversation. I know this. And so I know that I'm going like, ah. Even though it's totally in co- out of context of Thursday, I've learned that going, oh, this is the process. The process. And understanding that helps me. It's a process. It's an understanding of each other. We don't want to brush things under the rug. Because it's still there. You ever lift your rug up once in a while? When you vacuum over it like for five weeks, then finally you go, okay, I'm going to look under there. And you're going, oh, that was in there? Yes, your children were in there. <laughs> call it a clan. Call it a network. Call it a tribe. Call it a family. Whatever you call it. Whoever you are. You need one. Yeah. And children, they love being part of a family. Those kids out there, they're like, all Jane was like, Dad, tomorrow is the Harvest Festival, right? Yeah. So I just want to double check. I just want to double check. Yes, it's tomorrow. It's like two Halloweens back to back. And kids have learned a thing or two. Here's what kids have learned. No matter how hard they try, how hard you try, they learn that you can't baptize cats. It's very hard. They also learn this. When your mom is mad at your dad, don't let mom brush your hair. They learn that. Kids also have learned you can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. They've learned that too. You know, the great thing about being family is you can work on your relationships. You can work on your marriage. You can work on your friendships. It's hard, and it's exhausting at times, yet it's so rich and fulfilling when you do. Yeah. You know, when I'm lazy, I don't want to deal with stuff. I want to watch a TV show, History Channel, zone out for hours. Yeah. Then I wake up and go like, I feel empty. I feel lost. Because what I needed was a conversation. That's what I needed. You know, in Galatians chapter 6, it reads this. I'll read it to you. Let us not become weary... Let us not become weary in doing what? Doing good. For at the proper time, we will. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, 
Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This passage encourages us not to give up when it's hard, not to give up when it's difficult. Now when you say, I've had enough, I'm done with this. No, don't give up because you'll reap something. That's a harvest of good things. If you're visiting with us, we want to invite you to be a part of our family. Join us. We love being a family. We love working on our festivals. I want to thank Nicole and all those who, all the house churches that put together a great, amazing festivity for us. All the little house churches, they put this together for Lori Kanak, who's, who's decorating our facility. Amazing. Everyone who's been involved, take a lot of pictures and email them to Donna. She's putting a, a slide together for end of the year banquet. Please, take a lot of photos. You know, you as adults, you've learned a thing or two as well, growing up in a family. Adults have learned that raising teenagers is like nailing jello to a tree. It's hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. We also learn that families are like fudge. Mostly sweet, but with a few nuts. That's just our family. We love them. But there's a few nuts in there. We love them. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. As adults, we, we realize that our mind not only wanders, sometimes it leaves completely. You know, I used to wonder what my dad was staring at. Now I know what he's staring at. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's just staring. I've done that. Turning 40 years old this year. Someone said I look 25. Like I said, oh, thank you. Nice. We all need, in our soul, in our psyche, even though you may feel like what you're feeling is opposite, you need a family. You need one. And you may have not been raised in in a good one, but you still need one. You still need it. In Romans chapter 12, turn there with me. Let's read this together. This is a great passage. We're going to close out here. Family. We need it. We're a modern spiritual family. Unlike the TV show, we choose choose to be spiritual. Romans 12 verse 9. Let your love be sincere. A real thing in other words. Hate what is evil. Loathe all ungodliness. Turn in horror from wickedness. But hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection as a member of one family. Giving precedence and showing honor to one another. You know, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, we're going to welcome the hunters officially into our family. That is going to be something very special. They're going to get baptized into Christ. Their sins will be washed away. You know, studying the Bible with them has been an encouragement. Them seeing respond to the Bible. Noticing their dysfunction and seeing the solutions in the Word of God. 
And then being able to make the changes and seeing clearly repentance is amazing. Because when you apply the words of God to your life, something changes in you. And people take note of it. They just do. You must, you must follow Jesus for yourself. I, every person in here, I want you to understand that. You can be part of a, a family and that's incredible. But you have to follow Jesus for yourself. Yeah. Okay? And we want you to be a part of our family. We want you to understand that you have to follow Him for yourself. But you can't follow Him by yourself. You follow Him for yourself. But you can't follow them by yourself. I want to encourage you to be a part of our family. We are the Shoreline family. And we thank you for coming. Thank you and God be the glory.